Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Good morning, everybody. I hope you are all doing great. Also hoping that maybe you have implemented one or two small behavior or thought changes into your life this past week. Um, Hopefully by now you're maybe feeling some of that momentum and more willingness to keep it going. Also hope that you are praising yourself often and congratulating yourself in these small changes that you are making. So today, Today, we are going to talk about why do we keep doing the things we don't want to do. So I am hoping you are going to learn from this why you often continue to get stuck in patterns of behavior and thoughts that you really don't want to do or you don't want to think. So an example would be, you know, wanting to drop weight, but continuing to overeat, even though you really don't want to. Um, I hear this from clients all the time. I have been in this space so many times. It is so frustrating. It's like you really have this goal of wanting to change. And by the way, all of these podcasts, I, I focus on the weight and the health and that sort of thing because honestly, that's what... Um, it's just the majority of people, what they want to change. It's always something people will hook into. But all these things I talk about can be applied to anything in your life you're wanting to change, any goal you're wanting to get to. So anyway, back to the the eating part though, as the example, um, you know, you have this goal of losing weight. You really want to get healthy. Um, maybe you even have a medical condition where you need to change eating beha- behaviors to get better. You really, really, really want that, truly, deep down in your soul, in your heart, and yet you cannot get yourself to change those overeating, overdrinking behaviors, the unhealthy eating behaviors, Um, and it is so frustrating, and then we kind of get in this hole of going deeper and deeper because there's shame around not being able to change when we really want to. So what I'm hoping to do in this podcast is just give you some language to begin to understand why this happens. And I'm also going to talk to you about very specific ways on how you can begin to change it. So we're going to start out back in childhood here. So our childhoods, they really do create our patterns of thoughts, our patterns of feelings, and our patterns of behavior. Um, And I'm not going to go into detail how this happens, um, or I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to go into detail or examples of how this happens. I've talked about some of this in my past episodes, but you know, when we are children, that is really the time our brain is sort of setting up those um, habits of thoughts, behaviors, feelings that we get into due to the interaction with our world, our caregivers, um, schoolmates, you know, peers. Um, or, you know, any situations that kind of, um, even trauma events that happen within our childhood. So we really are set up for those patterns. Um, but the, the beautiful part about the brain and, and the mind is that we really can unwind 
these things. Um, you know, usually by the time we're teenagers, um, a lot of this work can be done um, as well as uh, for sure when we're adults. Um, if this is something that you really put an intention on of wanting to change, uh, there are ways to unwind all this. So things to think about first. What role were you in as a child? What dynamics did you um, get into within regards to communication? What were what were the dynamics of co- communication that were taught to you? Um, you know, what did you witness in body language of others that you were around often? What messages were you told over and over, whether um, overt or covert, um, verbally or non-verbally? These early patterns then become repeated over time. Um, And so an example would be if you know you were the mediator at home when you were a child, uh, this happens a lot if there's a lot of conflict in a family, one child will typically become the mediator. You're the one who keeps the peace. then what happens, you go to elementary school, most likely you're the one who keeps the peace there. You're the mediator between your friends, between peers. Um, these patterns take place in our subconscious and becoming aware of these patterns and bringing them into our consciousness is what then allows us the power to choose differently, to think differently, to feel differently, to behave differently. So again, you know, really think about this. The patterns of behavior, of feelings, of thoughts take place in our subconscious. It means we're really not aware they're happening. So becoming aware of these patterns, we have to bring them into our consciousness. And when they're in our consciousness, that is what allows us the power to choose differently. Okay, so that's what we're going to be really covering today. So why do we keep doing the things we don't want to do? It has to do with your brain and like I just talked about the subconscious patterns of behavior, thoughts, and feelings that run on automatic pilot in our unconscious. So first up, to get conscious of our patterns happening on this, you know, this automatic pilot in our unconscious brains, one way to do it is to get into the present moment. And one of the quickest ways I've found for clients and myself to start to train yourself to get into the present moment more often is um, to use a technique called the five senses. Um, By the way, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more coming up, but if you have suffered any trauma to your body, um, so that would be things um, like rape or um, physically been hurt, you know, within an accident or by someone else. So any sort of body trauma, um, going into the five senses right now could really re-trigger that. So what you want to do, you need, if that has occurred, you really want to get with a trained therapist to help you get into a space to start to feel safe in your body again. And, And there is a way to do it. There's a whole process of doing that, but just a little forewarning there. So the more conscious we get, the more awareness we have the more understanding we have. And then this is the power, the understanding, the awareness, that's the power that then gives us some space to make a different choice. Um, It basically gives us the power of decision-making. So we're gonna talk about um, that five senses. What you wanna do there is just list, I've talked about this in previous episodes, but list 
you know, you're sitting, list the five, or standing, whatever, but list the five senses in your brain. And um, each time you're thinking about one of the senses, really go into that space. So, you know, you can start with touch. So you want to think about, you know, how are things feeling on my body? Um, what are the sensations going on? Am I feeling hot, cold, um, tense, relaxed, that sort of thing? Um, then you can go to the, the visual, the eyes. What am I looking at? You know, I see a blue wall. I see a door. Um, I can look outside and see the green trees. It's really just observing and describing. So you go through all your five senses, observing and describing of what is happening exactly in that moment. And when you complete that task, you have just spent a good minute directly in the present moment. So the five senses technique can be a real quick and easy way to help you practice being in the moment. You observe and you describe. That's being in the present moment. Okay, so remember that the brain is always looking for safety and familiarity. Like it really likes things that are familiar. So familiarity is safety to the brain. If you have done something for a long period of time, like um, a thought pattern, a behavior pattern, a feeling pattern, if you've done that for a long period of time, you kind of have those ruts or those grooves woven into um, brain patterns, uh, your neuromodulator patterns of how they fire and how they hook together. And when you try to step out of them, so when you try to change your behavior, the brain sees it as very unfamiliar. And that is then the uncomfortable feeling, the uncomfortable signal that comes from the brain um, because it's trying hard to shut that down because it wants to go back to the familiar because it doesn't take as much energy. I mean, the brain actually is obviously very intelligent, right? So it really wants to protect you from that uncomfortable feeling. No, no, no. Let's just go back to the familiar because that's easy. That doesn't take as much energy. And so this is you know, how those brain patterns set up in childhood um, run and, and automatically run in the unconscious. We really need to bring them into the conscious, into the light in order to begin to change them. And Jung, Carl Jung, he's my favorite, um, calls this getting to know your shadow. That shadow side of you, that unconscious part of you, that very, um, you know, habit running part of you is, is the part that thinks or does the things you are not even aware of until you make an effort to shine attention or light on it. Um, the brain always wants things to be easy, easy and familiar. Familiar is all those unconscious patterns you've been running since childhood. Think of all the years those patterns have been running. That's what makes it so familiar. So this is why changing, even when you really want to, typically goes back to old familiar patterns. These patterns can be relationship patterns. So an example here would be always choosing the same type of guy or girl um, who always ends up rejecting you in the end. Or um, it could be eating and drinking patterns, using food or drink to soothe emotions. It could be emotional patterns. Um, you're always angry. That's what always comes out, even if you're truly feeling a different emotion. So, you know, you might um, feel sad or disappointed or um, rejected, but it always comes out in anger. That's an emotional pattern. 
Um, even daily emotional patterns, like, you know, uh, you've heard of people being called an Eeyore, you know, like just that real negative sort of, um, sense that you go through life. Um, or maybe you're someone who just sees the world as a scary place. That's often with my anxious clients. They just view the whole world as scary. And that's an emotional pattern um, that's taking place. You know, In that sense, everything is making them anxious. So when we try to make changes to some of these things, even though we might be super motivated to make the change, we often almost always end up in the same patterns. And when this happens, it creates a lot of shame and guilt for many of us. Um, and we all know where shame and guilt gets us. Um, it really, shame and guilt really are the emotions that send us into that negative spiral heading downward. Um, so it's really important to understand some of this so that you know, that shame and guilt cycle does not get even started. Okay, so we want to access the conscious brain before our unconscious brain runs on automatic behavior or thought patterns um, that are not serving us. So for example, you know, you come home every day from work absolutely exhausted. You're running through the kitchen, you quickly grab a drink and and something from the pantry. You know, it's it's like that sort of frantic, like, you know, I'm so tired, I need something, I need to change this state. But you're not thinking that, you're just, it's on automatic. Before you know it, the drink is gone, so is a whole sleeve of cookies or a whole bag of chips. You feel calm in the moment while it's happening. You feel relief in the moment while it's happening. But when it's finished, you kind of come out of the fog and you're asking yourself, what just happened? Why did I eat that just now? I, I just ruined you know, this diet that I've been trying to do, um, or here's a non-food related one. You're exhausted. Um, you know, you finally get home from your day. Your child is whining for something and you verbally lose your temper on him. And after it happens, you know, you're very remorseful, wish you had handled the situation differently. In all those moments, you are reacting from an automatic pattern of thought, emotion, behavior. So if in these moments you have trained yourself previously to have more access to your conscious brain, then you get to behave differently. So access to the conscious brain gives you a chance to make a different choice or decision in that moment of, in our example, exhaustion. You have the space to first think, do I really want the drink and all the cookies? Maybe I'll eat the leftovers from dinner last night first before I do that. Or maybe you realize you're not hungry at all, but you're stressed and then can use a breath protocol to regulate that dysregulated system. You know, uh, when you're not able to access that conscious brain, you really take away the chance and the choice to change your behavior. So access to the conscious brain means you have a chance and a choice to not yell, yell at your child, to not eat the thing you don't want to eat. So a lot of this gets into having a very dysregulated nervous system. So I won't go super in depth with all this, but becoming more and more conscious improves a dysregulated nervous system. Um, and this, you know, let's talk about trauma here just for a minute. I mentioned it in the beginning, but 
um, let me just say this again, for trauma sufferers, uh, this, this part really needs to go slow because you do need to have a safe space in your body first before going here. And for many people who have experienced trauma to the body, um, this work of being present in their body, of accessing that consciousness, um, you know, of practicing accessing that consciousness through being present in the body, of feeling body sensations on purpose in order to practice being conscious, it can actually re-traumatize a person. So if you've had some trauma, this would be where, like I said before, you want to work with a trained therapist to get to the space, that safe space, um, you know, first. Uh, for those of you who don't feel traumatized and, you know, with your body, who haven't experienced something like that, you feel like, no, I can handle this, um, this, this work you really can do on your own. So a great place to start to learn how to access that conscious brain. Um, we've talked about the, the five senses. Another one is to go to the breath. Um, this, again, one of the easiest ways um, to start to access that conscious brain because your breath is always with you. It's easy to do. It's more about just remembering to do these things. So go to the breath. Start paying attention throughout the day how you breathe. What are your breath patterns? If you start this work and you're like me, um, you might be really surprised to notice that you may... By the way, this is also for any of you out there who do a lot of worrying or have some anxious symptoms. Um, you know, in general, those of us who deal with those sorts of things, we tend to do this. Um, holding our breath, maybe while you're answering an email or um, while you're, you come into social contact with someone and because you are anxious about that, some of us get very anxious with social contact, um, though in those moments, if, if you can start to pay attention, you might know you're actually holding your breath. So do you have a shallow breath? Do you breathe into your abdomen or do you breathe into your chest? Do you hold your breath often? Do you have quick, short breath patterns when you're anxious or worried or stressed? When you hold your breath or you breathe shallow, shallowly, which means you're not breathing very much at all over a long period of time, you actually lock yourself into that fight or flight, that sympathetic nervous system. And this is where our you know dysregulated nervous system comes from, which means you're going to create even more anxiety. Now, we do sometimes wanna be in fight or flight in that sympathetic nervous system. It serves us, there's a purpose for it, but it's supposed to happen when we're in a really true emergency, um, something that really truly calls for um, that adrenaline to start pumping, all those things. Unfortunately for most of us in society today, we're constantly or very often in that fight or flight or sympathetic nervous system. So there are breathing protocols that can really help lessen stress instead of bringing on more anxiety and getting conscious and aware of these and practicing these things is the key to lessening that anxious response um, which also often can lead to depressive symptoms as well. So belly breathing, or you may have heard it as diaphragmic breathing, can be learned and research and science have shown that this simple practice, this, this different breathing pattern, will shift anxious feelings and responses or reactions, I should say. And remember, anxiety can come out as anger as well. Um, 
you know, or agitation, because often if you're an anxious person, you know, you don't know this is happening, but unconsciously your brain is really looking for control um, in any situation. You know, if you're anxious, the only way that anxiousness um, starts to feel relief or resolve is when you're, when you're in control. And this is why people who are very anxious um, look for control in every situation, uh, including relationships. And, you know, because if they're in control, they feel okay in that moment. The anxiety comes back, but, you know, it's looking for control in every situation. So often, you know, with our kids, but this can be adults too, you know, if they're a highly anxious person, often, you know, that anxiety comes out as, as anger or frustration um, because they're trying to find control. And if they can't get it, um, that's really, really hard. You know, it ups the anxiety. So, you know, I guess I'm just a little caveat here, but if you have issues with anger, agitation, um, you know, it would be something to pay attention to. So you want to start this breathing practice with minimal time because, you know, I'm always talking about doing the very small, tiny things. You want it to be doable. So I usually recommend to my clients that you do this right away when you wake up in the morning, still in bed. Um, so while you're still in bed, you know, you wake up, um, maybe you put a note on your nightstand to remind you to do this because this more is more about remembering to do it than actually doing it. But taking five deep belly breaths. So inhaling through the nose into the belly for a count of two or three, and then exhaling through the nose as the belly softens for a, for double the count. So if you inhaled through the nose for a count of two, um, you're going to exhale through the nose for a count of four. If you inhaled for a count of three, you're going to exhale for a count of six and so on. Just five of them. This literally probably takes under 30 seconds. Um, so this is sort of, you know, I mean, I would call it a foundational piece, this, this practice. It really becomes easier or, you know, you really actually will find you become more willing to put more attention to your breath throughout the day um, and, and utilizing this breath protocol when you're in stress or fight or flight, you're going to start to recognize this more often. You're going to be more conscious. And then once you get conscious of what's going on, you can use your breath in that moment to relax in that space. And this is what helps us respond to a stressful situation versus react to a stressful situation. Um, so again, this is what gives us that space to respond versus react. It means though practicing breath work every day. Um, and you guys, there's other ways to do this too, but the breath is such an easy access point to go to. Um, realize too, three to five breaths every morning, um, it, you know, on purpose practice in the present moment is much better than taking one day a week to do an hour breath training um, or do an hour yoga, you know, breathing protocol. So if you're just getting started, um, you really want to, again, build those small habits first because when you complete something that you will actually do, um, so, you know, if you can make that commitment to do those three to five breaths as you lay in bed, um, 
you know, you, you want to do it every day. It's like keeping a promise to yourself. And when you keep promises to yourself, then you build integrity with yourself. You build trust with yourself. And this is what allows you to take on, to be motivated, although I don't like that word, but to at least be willing and committed to take on even more new behaviors in the future. So to help you get your goal, the big one, the small daily behaviors, and remember they need to be daily, that's what creates this willingness and momentum to go even further, which then over time programs this into your subconscious. So now guess what? It's just a habit, right? You don't have to think about it anymore. You just do it. It does not take as much energy or remembering as when you first started doing it. But that's the point. That's why any new behavior you start, you you have to make it doable. It has to be doable. It has to be small. So those three to five breaths while laying in bed still in the morning for most of my clients is very doable and they can commit to that. And when they do that every day, they do see that progress start building to where they find they are paying more attention to their breath throughout the day. It's kind of like magic. Okay. So again, small daily doable things Um, if you are trying to incorporate like an hour every day of breath training, because this sounds so amazing and I'm going to change my life really what's going to, this is like, um, when people try to overhaul their diets in a day, you know, um, I've been eating, you know, in this really unhealthy overeating, you know, my whole life, but starting tomorrow, I'm going to only eat a thousand calories or I'm, you know, never going to eat cookies again. Um, what this does that it really creates overwhelm. And you can probably think of times in your life, this has happened. You're, you're trying to change a behavior. You really overdo it. Totally creates overwhelm for yourself. And this doesn't work to change behavior. Um, because it's too much overwhelm. Your brain is like, no way, no way, no way. We're going back to the old ways. And so you have to start shifting things very, very small, very doable so that the brain doesn't get freaked out. So when we set an intention to change, we're already going to feel uncomfortable. We are going to feel in that moment uncomfortable. Um, and, and I could even narrow it down a little bit more to some resistance. You're going to feel resistance. We're, we're going to feel that. And so it's important to just know you're going to feel that. You are going to feel uncomfortable. You are going to feel resistance. You might even feel frustration. So the change, again, I'm just, you know, I can't say this enough, has to be small and doable because you're already going to feel that uncomfortableness with just the small changes. You do not want that uncomfortableness to turn into overwhelm. If it goes into overwhelm, it's over. The be- the possible behavior change is over. So it, the, the overwhelm can be mental overwhelm with our thoughts or resistance in our thoughts, or it can actually be um, feeling sensations in our body. We, we don't recognize maybe we're having a thought. You are, but you might not recognize it, but you might be someone who definitely feels it in your body. You feel off or you feel different. Um, you feel sensations in your body that don't feel comfortable, don't feel good. So just understanding those are the ways um, that, that that overwhelm um, or resistance can kind of take place. Okay, so this is the beginning steps to training yourself to become more conscious, um, to, to be able to access that conscious brain more quickly 
through everyday life. You're, this, these are ways to really train your brain to go into that conscious place more often to get, get those um, habit patterns of thoughts, behaviors, feelings. Um, I guess I would list it in this order, thoughts, feelings, behaviors uh, out of that unconscious brain and moving it into the conscious brain where then um, you can really, that's where you have that, that space to make a different decision, to make a different choice, um, to be able to start to make the changes you really want to make, which then lead to doing the things you truly want to do. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode and then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation, like 99 cents, helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up there, but um, just one more thing before I go. go. Going into our childhood and recognizing and being aware of our thinking, uh, feeling, behavior patterns from childhood, and then you know, really learning and practicing things to get conscious or, or get more into our conscious brain, we can then really start to use a technique called reframing. And um, re- reframing is a technique used to re to uh, re-narrate, um, you know, a lot of what goes on in our life, how we see the world, our childhood, and a lot of people get confused with this technique. They hear it and they think it means, you know, like re-narrating, reframing, um, like you're going to make up a story about something that didn't happen, you know reframe it that's not how it works reframing is a technique or a tool used in therapy um but can be used by anyone to really help you create a different um pattern of mindset right it's um helping you look at your past and re-narrate what occurred in order to make your thoughts, feelings, behaviors more useful to you now and what you want in life. It's not about changing the past or making up some different story, uh, but it is about reframing or re-narrating what has gone on in order to get you to a place now that you want to be. So that's just something that I am going to be talking about probably in the next episode, but definitely within the next few episodes. I'm not sure when that one's coming out. But anyway, stay tuned um, for that because it's just another great tool to help with some of this. So I hope what you will take from this or I hope what you will do is practice um, the five senses of getting more into the present moment on a daily basis 
and or practice the breathing protocol I talked about when you wake up in the morning in order to start to get more comfortable, your brain gets more comfortable being in the present moment more often, which means accessing that conscious brain more often and then being able to take in all the benefits in life um, with being able to change your behavior when you're accessing that conscious brain, really teaching yourself and, and learning how to actually do the things you want to do. Thanks so much for listening today. Um, if you keep listening, you're going to get information on my website and um, everything that I offer there, and including um, online coaching, phone coaching, in-office coaching and therapy. Um, also, you can go over to my social media for more free resources. I'm at Heinen Counseling and Coaching. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. I also have a recipes only page on Instagram, Peak Protein Recipes, P-E-A-K Protein Recipes on Instagram. Um, really all that is, is just a list of high protein recipes. Those of you who know me, um, you know, I definitely um, am a believer in uh, getting in more protein. So anyway, those are just some of the free things. You can also feel free to DM me there. That's probably if you're not going to go through my website and my email, um, Instagram's probably the best way to get in touch with me. Okay. Have a great week. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N and get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services.